Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's so lovely to see all of you here. And if you're looking for Robin Bullock, that was the former me. I actually got married two months ago, so now I'm Robin Hale. So not to confuse you, <laughs> um, it's a real privilege to be able uh, to come back to the conference. I've spoken here before, and um, a lot of changes have happened in my life uh, since I have originally started my journey in missions. And um, I am a nurse by profession, and currently I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I am, are you guys from Indy? Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. And I'm the staff development coordinator uh, for women and children's health services at Wishard Hospital, the county hospital that um, works with the indigent and uninsured and poor of the county. So that's a little bit of what um, I do right now, but uh, my heart has been very much in the country of India, and I'm so excited that um, I actually have brought a special guest that at the time that I had submitted my application to present a workshop, I had no idea that um, my dear friend and nursing colleague from India, Manjula, would you please stand up? This is Manjula Dina, and she's come all the way from Raksal Bihar in India. And uh, we had worked together in India, and I'm really excited that she gets to be a part of the presentation today. So thank you so much for coming. And I changed the title just or added a little bit to it because um, I really have been focusing on nursing leadership and also professional development. And I did spend five years in India as a missionary nurse, but since I have come back to the U.S. in 2003, I actually came back to do a master's degree and now just about to complete my doctorate in um, nursing and very... Um, committed to continue the work that I started that I was doing in India. And so I have, over the last six years, gone to India about two to four times a year. And so as I've been going through that process and wasn't really expecting to get married, <laughs> it was kind of uh, an unexpected blessing, and thank the Lord for eHarmony. So, uh, so yeah, not, not that that's a little boost for them or anything, but, hey, it worked for me. So, um but we um, have, it's just so exciting to see how God has continued to allow me to be involved in missions. And um, as I look forward to the future and a husband who's very open um, to do missions, and we'll see where God leads us in the future. So just as um, a little introduction, uh, but my journey um, in missions all started back in 1996, and that was when I took a short-term trip to India. It was just for two weeks on a medical mission trip with the organization Youth for Christ. And it was at that time that I definitely fell in love with India. And soon after that, went back to the country of India to serve as a full-time uh, missionary. And I really apologize. This is very geared towards and uh, centered around India because that's been my area that I have worked in. So I'm a little biased to what I'm talking about. But I believe that you could look at what I have done um, with the work in India and nursing leadership and professional development, that it also will apply to other developing countries. And so don't just think this is just only if you're going to India that this would be applicable. But India is a very vast and large country, and when you look at, uh, look at it, I actually um, served as a nursing administrator for the organization Emanuel Hospital Association, and all, it's a little hard for you to see, but there's stars all through by the different um, uh, names of the cities and the states, and those are the places where I would uh, visit in India. 
And just just real, real briefly, if you're not familiar with India, it's a very big country. Uh, there's a really a lot of people. And just a case in point, Manjula, when I brought her to the U.S. on Tuesday, and we were in the parking lot at our parking garage, she said, Robin, why are these people parking so far apart from each other? Don't they realize they could get so many cars in the parking garage? <laughs> In India, you barely have room to get in and out of a car when you park in a garage or anywhere. So, um, But I'm having fun seeing the world or seeing America through her eyes. So um, the predominant religion is Hinduism, and it's about 85% um, Hindu, and then about um, 10 to 14% is Muslim. Uh, there's a very high infant mortality rate with um, 61 to uh, babies that die per every 1,000 that are born. More than five women out of every 1,000 die in childbirth. And less than 35% of women receive antenatal care. And I've given you some of these uh, women and children statistics because that's my area of expertise is in women's and children's. Uh, more than 50% of the children in India under five are malnourished. You typically do not see starvation in India, but you see a lot of malnourishment because they don't have the access to the micronutrients in the, uh, with food that are rich in micronutrients that can give them um, the uh, nourishment that they need. Uh, nearly 9% of children will die before their um, fifth birthday. A lot of times children are not even named before their fifth birthday because a lot of times they don't know if they'll actually survive. And it's a very sad situation with the children of India. More than 45% uh, of women cannot even read or write and actually have to use their thumb, uh, the thumbprint, as a signature when they're signing any legal documents. And the average income of the poor is $350 per year. And as I mentioned, uh, when I was serving in India, I was a nursing administrator of Emanuel Hospital Association. And if you have any interest in India, they're doing a wonderful work and continue to do so. And my um, uh, friend and colleague, Manjula, that is who she works with in India. Uh, she works in one of the largest hospitals, Duncan Hospital, in uh, in the organization. It's a 200-bedded hospital with a school of nursing. And when I was working there, I oversaw the 19 hospitals, which included 500 nurses and 250 nursing students. And when I first took over that position, I have to um, let you know that I um, originally was, when I was asked to take the position, I said, I don't want that. <laughs> That's not for me. <laughs> I was ready to go and work in some community health project or to do um, some hospital work. I had no interest to be anything to do with administration. And I was a bit surprised when I had been asked um, by the director of the organization at that time. And I thought, well, maybe I should pray about it. But to tell you the truth, I was very afraid to pray about it because I was afraid what God would say. And yes, he did say what you think he said. And he said, yes, Robin, this is what you should do. And with fear and intrepidation, went into the position of nursing administrator. And uh, I just didn't feel like I had the skills, the knowledge. At that time, I only had a bachelor's in nursing, and um, which is wonderful to have. Um, but I just felt like I had so much that I experienced that I needed to have before taking on such a huge position. But I really felt like as I prayed, like, God, if you want me to do this, what, uh, please show me, where should I start? Uh, it's so huge. I'm just not sure even where to start. And I really felt like God said, just go and see what their needs are. And I thought, really? You know, shouldn't I be doing something big and wonderful like transforming nursing? Or you gave me this and that's so big and you just want me to go and see what the need is? 
I kind of had a warped idea of what I thought God wanted me to do. But things changed, and I began to visit my nurses and just go and spend time with them and figure out what was it really like for them to work in India and what was the culture of how nurses were treated and how... Um, physicians view nurses there and how patients view them. And so I kind of did a little bit of um, research and kind of asking them. And um, and yesterday, the nurses still wear their nursing caps. And that actually is mine. I must sound so old. But I, I wore a nursing cap when I was in nursing school. I know y'all don't do that anymore. Nursing students don't do that. But it actually um, it was very useful in India. Um, so the nurses actually do take a lot of pride in their uniform and uh, their nursing cap. In the larger cities, nowadays, they don't wear their nursing cap. But um, in the rural, remote areas, the nurses still do. Uh, but India, with nursing, uh, began with the low caste. If you're familiar at all with India, it has a caste system and different levels of which people are kind of placed in by um, their social and economic status. And the highest status or caste being Brahmin and the lowest being the untouchable and or low caste. And um, the Hindu would view touching body fluids as uh, being polluting oneself, making oneself very dirty. So a lot of times uh, it was only those lower caste people that because they were destined to be in that caste and they could touch the body fluids, but the higher caste of Hindu they would not touch. So it actually began with them. And then later it was the Christians in South India that really came up and brought up nursing care in India. And good old Flo, our Florence Nightingale, got around and she she helped to bring modern nursing to um, India, actually during the time of uh, the Crimean War. And today, so that you know that actually nursing um, is governed by a council, the Indian Nurses Council, similar to the American Nurses Association that we have here in America. But however, there is a shortage of nurses in India. And um, I don't know, I, I think some of you might be nurses here in the room, and maybe you work with some Indians, uh, Indian nurses, but um, which is great for them to get this opportunity. But a lot of times, the nurses that are recruited from India are the brightest and the best. And it makes it very difficult when so many are being recruited from India for colleagues such as my colleague Manjula to work in rural remote places and not have very highly educated um, nursing faculty. Like she has 200, or how many students do you have? A hundred, and she only has seven nursing faculty, and she should have a minimum of 10 faculty. And that's to do the clinical area as well as lecture. So um, it's very difficult because the U.K., um, U.S., and Australia are all heavily recruiting Indian nurses, and so it has caused quite a shortage in India for them. And a poor image of nursing still remains today. And I saw this um, very clearly when I first went to India 13 years ago, and I was talking with a physician, and he said, as we were talking, well, what is it? What is your profession? And I was so excited to tell him, oh, I'm a nurse, and I were, yeah, I love labor and delivery and postpartum, and I was all excited talking about being a nurse. And he's looking at me like I'd fallen out of the apple tree or something, and folding his arms. He's like, what? You couldn't be a doctor? I'm like, well, I didn't want to be a doctor. Oh, your parents didn't have enough money. Is that why you didn't become a doctor? I, said, I didn't want to be a doctor. I wanted to be a nurse. You know nurses is not so good. I'm like, 
well, I think it's great. I love being a nurse. I think it's a wonderful profession. And so, and this was a physician telling me this, you know, highly educated individual and uh, seemed like a nice individual. But still, that view of nursing in India, and actually when I would talk with my nurses too, um, this is one of the things when I would go and visit them, the way that they would talk about being a nurse, I would say, you know, what are you doing? Or I may not realize that they're a nurse. And I said, what do you do? And they, the Indian uh, girls, they would say, or boys, because there are um, male nurses too, and you know they practically bow their heads and like, oh, I'm a nurse. I'm like, what? I'm a nurse. And I'm like, what? What, what are you? Are you ashamed of being a nurse? Well, and I said, be proud of being a nurse. The nursing is a wonderful profession. You get to care for patients, and you contribute so much to quality care, and you're helping the physicians. And they're looking at me like. Where did you come from? <laughs> what are you talking about? And so I always, one of the things, or as I would be with my nursing students and with my nurses, I have pride in the nursing profession, that we have to change that culture, that you're, if you're not proud of it, how can anybody else be proud of it? Um, so, but it is changing, I think, and through the work that Mundula is doing and what we've been trying to do. And so, and just to give you an idea, an average income of the nurses that work in the rural remote areas, such as Mundula and the areas that I worked in, they make about $150 per month. So, it's, well, nurses in U.S. do a lot better than that, so we need to be very happy. <laughs> um, nurses have very little to say about the day-to-day operations in the hospital. I would see when I would go into hospitals that nurses pretty much, a lot of times would not even be on hospital committees. It would be the doctors making all of the decisions. And then I would be there as um, someone from our main office, and they would have me there. And I'd be like, well, where's the nursing superintendent? Uh, where's the ward in charge or charge nurse? Or, or they should have some say in this. So it's a, it's a very different culture, and China is kind of where we were probably 50 years ago, but um, now with the way, if any of you are familiar with magnet nursing and how with shared governance really trying to empower nurses and to help them to know that they're valued and very vital parts to the healthcare team, and that's what I tried to do and say, we got to bring these nurses into these meetings because they have something to say. And so I had a big challenge, as you can imagine, physicians who have been used to not having nurses have a say, and then me wanting them to have a say, um, I must say that I created a lot of enemies. (laughs) But eventually they did begin to see the fruit of what it looked like when you actually did value a nurse and when you empowered them. And so, and Mundula is a great um, example of that. Nursing care today even still um, looks very functional and um, doesn't always focus just on nursing care. And I know that one of the things that I was so shocked when I initially went when I found out that dusting, even today by their Indian Nurses Council, is an actual procedure that nursing students have to do. They have to be checked off on. Dusting, people, dusting. I mean, we're, I mean cleanliness, and that's all good. <laughs> But And so it's little things like that that take away from nursing care. And then physicians come in, and, you know, a lot of times they're like, well, you haven't cleaned this, you haven't done this, you haven't. Well, what about the nursing care? 
you know, and so the focus gets distorted in what they should be doing. And, and so um, that's something that also as I went in and saying, you know, there's things that we really need to look at. How can we um, distribute the duties in such a way that nurses get to focus on the patient and really do the nursing care and then allow those other individuals who are ward aides or possibly have other positions, can they do some of those other duties so that nurses get to do nursing care? So it was a challenge, but um, we, we're slowly making changes so um, to really empower and value the nurses. And um, doctors oftentimes are preferred over um, continuing education and outside workshops over um, nurses, and I saw that over and over how many doctors, even in the organization that I was working with, you'd hear this doctor would be going to the UK or Germany or to this conference, that conference, but yet no nurses were being identified to go other places and um, go to conferences to um, develop professionally. In India, doctors are typically not um, academically prepared uh, to collaborate with other fields. It's not really part of their uh, education. I think now that um, in the U.S. we're getting a little better with that. I think there's still a lot more to go with that. But um, in India, definitely that creates a big challenge for us. And the nurses that work in the rural remote areas typically have a three-year training course, and that's a general nurse midwife. And that is uh, where they have studied after their 12th standard, or what we would say 12th grade, and they are all trained in midwifery. And so pretty much at Mandela's Hospital, she has, um, last year, they had nearly 6,000 uh, deliveries. They have one gynecologist. 6,000 deliveries, one gynecologist, but they have all their nurses that are trained in midwifery, So, and they are even delivering twins and triplets. And so obviously the gynecologist would be doing the cesareans, but um, it's a great challenge. <laughs> For them, so, but um, they do have that um, midwifery training. Um, unfortunately, in that three-year nursing course, as you can imagine, there's not really that opportunity for that theory or research um, in that course, and to really fully develop that nursing role um, is a challenge because of that. Um, the limited um, number of years in the course. And also for nurses there, they work a minimum of 48 hours a week. And Manjula typically probably works at least 60 hours a week. If the, and she's on call 24-7. They typically work in a hospital compound. And you never leave except to go outside if you're lucky to go to the market or something. <laughs> so, but she's pretty much trapped inside. And she never gets to leave. So, um, except when she goes for her annual leave. And then she got the treat, and I get the treat to have her with me for three weeks. And so, um, but it's very challenging for these nurses in this area, and they have limited recreation. So can you imagine, I'm coming into this, and like, God said, look at the need, like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of need. And the nurses were just really, you could just tell as I talked to them, like we just, they didn't say it in the words, we want to be valued, we want to feel like people care about us, but you could just, it, it came across and all that I was finding out. So just thinking, how how can um, God use me to um, actually make a difference in their lives? And um, I, as I began to look at how we could do that and really changing that culture and the care for nurses, we began an annual nurse leadership workshop. And so we would call all the nursing leaders together once a year and the nursing superintendents and the um, 
let's see, principals of the nursing schools and some ward and charges or charge nurses um, in the in different hospitals that we worked with. And I remember at this one, this was our first one, and actually, uh, well, it wasn't the first one, it was one of them, but I had a faculty from the U.S. Um, actually that, uh, from University of Pittsburgh and had been involved with Nurses Christian Fellowship, and we had met at a Nurses Christian Fellowship conference in Toronto, Canada. And he's like, I'd love to go to India, and I'd love to take students. And I'm like, well, you got to come visit me first. And so he came over and was able to provide um, some workshop topics around the uh, teaching the faculty just on new teaching methods. And because the faculty, they don't even have the opportunity after their schooling to get to go to any workshops or training. And they just loved it. They just ate it up. And it was so exciting to see how and we had fun together, we learned together, and really focused on um, helping them to develop as nursing leaders and focusing on the good things that they were doing and asking them what were their plans, what did they want to see in their institutions, and how did they want to grow up the nurses that they were responsible for. And it was so exciting to see that for a lot of them, this was the first time they were being asked their opinion and what they thought and what should happen. And so it was just thrilling to be a part of this. And one of the male nurses actually came up to me and after the workshop and he came up and said, Sister Robin, I and he began to cry, these big tears in his eyes. And he was a really funny fellow. He was always talking jokes, you know, Deepak. He always said, <laughs> here's this man standing in front of me crying. And he says, thank you, Sister Robin. In 40 years, I've been in this organization. And not once have I ever been able to attend a nursing workshop. Thank you so much. And I thought, my goodness, this was so little what I did. But yet it meant so much. And so it definitely was different from what I originally thought that I would do in India and that seeing what the need was and helping to um, actually meet that need. And another thing that my slides are a little slow, but um, I was able to take a couple nurses to uh, South Korea in 2004, and that was to um, the Nurses Christian Fellowship International Conference. And it was so exciting. Um, they, they were actually the first um nurses in the organization to ever go outside of India to a conference. And so um, this was one way that I was trying to help them to know how valuable their input was into the organization. And I remember that as I asked them, well, what has been your favorite thing at the close of the time that we were in South Korea? And, and I knew it wasn't the food because it was so bland. <laughs> And I was really hard for, it was really funny actually because here I go to India and I'm eating all the stuff they put in front of me and trying all this stuff. And then I take them to South Korea and they wouldn't eat those little fish balls and all that other stuff. But anyway, neither did I. But <laughs> Well, all that raw fish stuff, you know. So I love, see, South Koreans are wonderful and I love their food, no offense or anything, but it's just different when you're not used to raw stuff. But anyway, but they... I knew they weren't going to be excited about the food, but they were just like, it's so nice that we got this opportunity, and now we can go back to our nurses and what we've learned and how we can help them. And and they were just so excited, and we were a little bit worried that would people feel jealous that these two nurses got to go and others didn't get to go. I never heard anything about it. They were just so happy that two of the nursing leaders got to go. And so this is um, how um, I continue to try to help them to know that they were valued. 
And I mentioned um, Mark, actually the faculty from University of Pittsburgh, um, he did come to see me and then we took some students uh, to India. And we had six students from University of Pittsburgh and we had written a course that would allow the students to get three credit hours for going on this uh, trip. And we didn't call it a mission trip, but um, it was a cultural learning experience. And uh, we just had an amazing time. And what we did with the service learning project was that I had done a lot of reading about service learning. And really what I had read was that just about different trips that people had taken. And it was pretty much kind of just going in and doing something that they had their idea of what the people needed. And... Uh, What I had seen was in my own research and with the nurses had seen that there was a big issue with neural tube defects, a lot of babies being born with neural tube defects, um, such as babies with anencephaly or spina bifida, um, encephalocele's, and very high incidence. And when I asked physicians, I said, I'm hearing from the nurses, some of the hospitals are having two, three, and four of these babies every month. Being a maternity nurse, you know, I'm kind of interested in these things. And so they said, oh, no, it's not a problem. That's not a problem. And I tried to ask about folic acid. Do they have access? Oh, yeah, after they come for their prenatal visits, they get the folic acid. I'm like, well, it's too late then. The neural tube's done zipped. (laughs) And so, and, well, they said, well, it's not a problem. You know, and I thought, well, I think it is. And so, but we got uh, really interested in trying to fit see how we could um, use a service learning project to meet that need that obviously women needed to be educated because when, when I asked the nurses even about teaching their patients about folic acid, taking it periconceptionally, they were not teaching the patients either. So what we did was the nursing students, the American nursing students, when they came, they stayed in the hostel with the nursing, Indian nursing students and the Indian nursing students served as a mentor. And I went, when I went to the Indian nursing students, I said, okay, this is what you're going to do. You are going to be the mentor for the American student. And I said, oh, but Sister Robin, they're Americans. They, they, they know much more than we do. I said, no, absolutely not. You know everything about nursing, uh, being a nursing student in India. And they know nothing. And you are going to mentor the American. You should have seen it. was like watching a, uh, a peacock's feathers, you know, just fan out. And they're like, really, Sister Robin? And I'm like, yes. I said, you have so much to offer them. You see, again, starting on that student period, helping them to know how valuable they are and that their um, opinion counts and that they have something to offer. It's not just starting when they get to some high leadership position, if I can start even when they're students, to let them know how valuable they are. And so they just had a wonderful time. And they actually worked together, developed a poster presentation, and the Indian student would speak and the uh, the American student would hold up the poster and they stood in a clinic with, with all the patients who would come. They don't have appointments there. You just kind of come first, come first, serve, and out in a court area, and a courtyard area, and as the patients would come, they would give their little lecture and talk to the patients and go around and show the pictures of what an, a baby with a neural tube defect would look like, and you want a healthy baby, so take folic acid, and what foods they could eat that would help, and it was just an amazing time. And so there's a way of using research and scholarship and a service learning project to develop nurses. 
and not just nurses, but um, nursing students. And as I mentioned already, because um, I was interested, and here um, are some rather graphic pictures of NTDs. And um, we actually, as I was interested in hearing about all these NTDs, wanted to really know more about um, what was the incidence of neural tube defects in India since everyone said there was not a problem. But um, before that, I had a colleague from uh, Indianapolis who came to India with me. And well, he, while I was living there, he came and he has done some research with folate. And he said, well, let's just do some lectures. He had some connections. He's like, would you come and help me do some lectures and teach some women about it and just find out um, some more information? And I said, yeah, let's, yeah, let's do that. And so this was actually at a hosiery um, place, or the, it was an industrial plant that they actually made hosiery. And uh, these women, probably 500 women from rural, remote areas of northern India, so very poor women coming to this plant to work. Well, afterwards, uh, this uh, woman, Indu, which is this woman up here, she came up to us. She was obviously about six to seven months pregnant. And she began to speak to us with tears streaming down her face. And she said, I've had six babies like those in your picture. Do you think this baby will also die? Because all of them had died, her previous six. And most probably, yes, it would. And um, it was devastating to hear, but yet very challenging to say what is going on. What We've got to find out what is the incidence. So we actually did do a study in a very remote um, place in uh, Balarampur district of northern India. And um, it was a very poor area, and it was a population-based study. These are some of the women from that area. They're about the age of 12 to 14. And they've probably all at least had one, maybe two children up to this point. And we actually, in our study that uh, we did, we used our community health workers to go out into the community to collect the data and find out from it was just going door to door asking women if they had had a baby, such as the ones in the pictures that they showed. And we found um, that there were 8.21 babies born um, with a neural tube defect per every 1,000. And so actually what that told us was that this place in India has the highest incidence of neural tube defects in the world. And it was even more so than the one that the study that was published in 1999 in China that was in a similar area to India, a very poor area in China, which they found only 6 to 1,000. And so it's a problem. So we, so now we could say, hey, this is a problem. And we uh, published the um, work in The Lancet in um, 2005. And so this was a great way also just to be recognized um, that, and it was kind of cool because being a nurse and I was with these physicians on the article, so that was kind of cool. And uh, But actually saying, hey, we've got a problem and we need to do something about it. And that's how we tried to go ahead and um, use that in different ways, um, as I mentioned, with the students and um, nurses. Well, as I continued my um, little journey uh, in missions, um, as I mentioned, I was in India for five years, and then um, I had come back in 2003 to do my master's degree and um, now my doctorate. But India never left me, and so I continued to go to India. And as I have been praying, God, how can you continue to use me even while I'm in my doing my um, graduate work? 
And I work, I'm, as I mentioned, at Wishard Hospital in Indianapolis. And, and I just really began to sense that God was giving me this vision and kind of a dream that wouldn't it be so great if we were able to bring nurses and physicians from my hospital and, to India and to help them see what I've done and also to help continue with leadership and professional development of the nurses and also, also physicians if they were interested to come. So I had another connection with another hospital in India, and that was Christian Medical College and Hospital in Ludhiana, Punjab. And I got to talking to my chief nursing officer, and she had actually done some medical mission trips, uh, but they were had been to Jamaica. And I said, well, hey, would you be interested to go to India with me? And she said, well... Yes, I would. And so I thought, well, that's super. So I said, well, why don't you go with me? And so we actually went in August of 2008. And I had actually, um, this was kind of a follow-up visit when we went there in the, for the continuation of the implementation of magnet nursing in this hospital. I had already been there several times. Um, I had been working with them to implement a contextualized version of the magnet model. And if you're not familiar with magnet, it's all about empowering nurses. Um, it's about having pride in the nursing profession, transformational nursing leadership, mentoring. It's a nurturing environment, uh, having respect for one another, having integrity, professional accountability, teamwork, and collaboration. And, of course, in the U.S., and there's other countries now that are trying to get this designation, but it's the highest designation to recognize uh, nursing excellence in the U.S. And so this was such a wonderful way to help nurses in this particular hospital and also an EHA because it's all the core distinctives that I was trying to help it with in empowering nurses. And also, it's really as believers and followers of Christ, it's really the principles of the kingdom of God. And so that even is um, even more exciting that you can do something scholarly, um, professional, and it's all related to your faith. Isn't that great, nurses, if in the room, or physicians, or whoever you are? Isn't that so awesome that we can do that? And especially for those people that are like, don't say Jesus so much, or don't, <laughs> if you work in a secular institution or whatever. But I can talk about the principles of the kingdom so easily when I talk about magnet. And so that's what I really love about that. And so this is a hospital that I, as I mentioned, that I work at. And um, our mission is to advocate, to care, to teach, and to serve with a special emphasis on the vulnerable populations of Marion County in Indiana, which is in Indianapolis. And it is really interesting that uh, our hospital does so much for the poor, just like what I was trying to do with the poor. And it was um, our my chief nursing officer that she was able to see when she went with me that there's so much in common that we have, but yet she also saw the need to really empower and to, that, that nurses really need to feel valued. And so it even was on that trip in August of 2008 that I started planting the seed and say, okay, Leanne, how about taking some nurses and physicians? And I have to tell you that what was so neat about the nursing students that I took um, to India, we had two of the six were believers, uh, followers of Christ, and the other four were not. And I did have a little bit of concern about that and thinking, oh, but I mean, they knew there were certain uh, codes of conduct and that they were going to a Christian environment. This was what was expected of them. And um, so I did have a little concern. But then uh, we were there and 
they had such a wonderful time. And as we left, two of the four that were not believers said, wow, we've seen God in this place like we've never seen him in the U.S. And one of the two said to me, you know, I really want to get back into church. My mom and dad took me to church when I was a kid. And I think maybe this would be a good thing for me. You know, I saw God in a different way. And so for me, I am even more excited to take non-Christians with me because you get to see, and especially going to a Christian organization in India or even if you go to other countries too and work with Christians, they will get to see Christianity in a different way possibly than what they've ever seen in the U.S. And so um, so I planted the seed with Leanne. This is, we were did different things. This is my chief nursing officer right here, Leanne, and over there. And um, so I'm like, you know, we should really think about taking some doctors and nurses. And um, she's like, Robin, that would be real exciting. Maybe we could do that. And she spent time with the nursing superintendent and um, also in the ICUs. And she just did such a wonderful job just loving them and, you know, cheering them on and kind of helping them to look at systems and improve some different things, but really helping them to know what a great job they were doing because a lot of times, when the ICU, they had 12 beds, but you'd have three nurses to 12 patients, and they're all ventilated. So any of you who have any ICU experience can imagine that that would not be very easy. So as a result of um, planting that seed with Leanne and saying, let's think about this. Maybe we could do this. I then um, thought, what better way to um, talk to um, the people at my hospital would uh, be if I had one of my colleagues from India come. So um, I prayed and prayed, and Manjula prayed and prayed, and we were, you know, to try to get her. She um, had tried to go to Canada a few years ago, was denied a visa, and so we thought, oh, I don't know if she'll be able to come, and so she actually was denied her first visa, and but then she reapplied and she got the visa to come. And so she came in last and Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, we gave a presentation at my hospital. And it was on, we posed it as cultural diversity in healthcare. And how that when we go to other cultures, how it really expands our worldview and helps us to have a greater appreciation for what we have in, U, in the U.S. And then also gives us a greater competence and a greater sensitivity to care for the poor here in our own country. And as we deal with very diverse populations, and even if you're working in a private institution, people are not all just... Americans nowadays, people are coming from all over the world. Uh, we're definitely a melting pot. And so we have so many different cultures that we're dealing with in our institutions. And so we framed it as that. And then we um, were able to also introduce to the people that had come to the workshop that if they would be interested um, to join us on a trip to India in March. And so this was this was us just this last Wednesday. And so I have to tell you, this, to me, I just feel this is a miracle. Here I am at a government, secular, non-Christian hospital, and my CNO is up there talking about going on a medical mission trip. <laughs> and uh, we had such a great turnout. We had about 25 people sign up that are interested to go to India. And it was just Phenomenal and so exciting that God can use the scholarship and research and all these different things that we want to do in empowering and valuing nurses in missions and and in short-term missions. And, um, of course, we had to try to lure them, too. We would take them to the Taj Mahal because, of course, we took a little quick trip to the Taj Mahal. So you might kind of be thinking, well, how could I 
be involved in um, short-term missions and in my institution or and I know that I have a lot of connections because I actually had lived overseas for five years but um, but I think that there's a lot of ways that probably hopefully as I spoke you kind of heard me on my journey and how I tried to just really be open to what God what the doors were that he was opening and so definitely I would say pray <laughs> That's always a good that's a good Sunday school answer at least. <laughs> but yeah, pray about it. And where is God? Uh, where is God at work? And do you know somebody that's already working somewhere? And um, what what where's your heart? Where's your passion? And um, but definitely where's God at work? And especially if you don't already have the connections overseas. Um, like what I have already um, told you. And I would say develop and maintain those relationships with the people you want to serve. Um, Munjala and I have been friends for um, 10 years, even though I left three years or in uh, six years ago. We're still, uh, we're better friends than we are today than we were when I left six years ago. And it's, I would say don't go in thinking you're just going to go one time. You want to think about, you want to go somewhere where it's a continued relationship, that it's something that you can build on long term. Because it's devastating for people when you go in and then you say, oh yeah, we'll write you, we'll do this, we'll do this. You leave and then they always ask, well, they never, they never wrote back, they never said anything. And it's devastating to those people that you go and visit. So I would definitely highly recommend, is it a place where you can develop a long term relationship? And then also um, find out who's interested in short-term mission trips in your own local institution, um, just like I did. I feel so fortunate that my chief nursing officer had actually done medical missions and that she was interested. Maybe it's not your chief nursing officer. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's the CEO. Maybe it's your tra- a charge nurse on your floor. Or maybe it's a, um, somebody in charge of research. Do you know somebody that has some connections that could actually help you pull something off like this? Because I never thought in a million years this could be um, something that could happen. And um, definitely, I would say go and explore opportunities. And there's so many, as just going through the booths and all that, there's so many different opportunities for short-term missions here. But because I love India, I would definitely say that India is a wonderful place, even if you're interested. And we not only have Manjula's Hospital that is in the northern part of India, but there's 19 other hospitals in the organization that we work with. And so those nurses would probably, not probably, they would love to have visits from nurses and have you interested um, in helping to value it them as well. Now, as Munchal and I were talking about this uh, workshop, I told her, I said, you know, I think it would be really interesting if we could hear your perspective, because I've, I will talk about my perspective about short-term missions and the work that I've been able to do and that God led me to do in India, but um, what has been the impact for her nurses? Because she's been on the receiving end of all these different people I've brought over, <laughs> all these different things we've done. So I just would like to give her um, the opportunity to um, spend a few minutes with you and give her perspective, and then we'll have um, hopefully about um, five minutes of time for a question and answer. So Manjula, would you please come up and um, share? Good evening to all of you. Uh, thank you, Robin, for giving me this opportunity. And I am come from Bihar, and uh, I come from Bihar, Raksol, the place called Raksol in state of the Bihar from India. And 1985, I joined as a student there, 
in that same nursing institution where I am a principal now, in that same school. And uh, that time it was only Hindi medium. What When I studied, it was only Hindi medium and we had only the local teachers who taught us in Hindi. But we had very good opportunity to learn so many things because we used to get lot of short-term missionaries from abroad. Then I finished my training in 1989 and I transferred to two different hospitals there. And uh, then I worked there and uh, that time I didn't know about anything about mission and vision of the God. So I just prayed and submitted my life and God uh, opened the way uh, to meet my husband in that particular hospital. Then we, after my training, I got married and settled there. Then after that, I actually, uh, then EHA, the my organization helped me to go for further studies. I actually did my general nursing and midwife through the three years course. And then organization helped me, helped me to go for higher studies to upgrade as a BSN in CMC Vellore, South India, Tamil Nadu. You must have heard about that hospital. And then I came back, then I met Robin in the, in, 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 in our institution. She was in head office, central office in Delhi and she came as a missionary for short term but she stayed back for five years. And that time I developed a good relationship with her and she is not only my colleague and she is a very good mentor to me and to develop as a nursing skills, uh, leadership skills and managing skills. And also I had been, uh, I got the great opportunity to travel with her to the different hospital as a nurse coordinator. When she was administrator there and I became a coordinator and I had so many times travel along with her and we have been in the same place and talking to the nurses there in different perspectives and I got so many things from her life and she is very God-fearing uh, lady and uh, she taught me biblical principles and she taught me how to care even though she comes from here, America, but she learned how to be with the Indian nurses. It was great opportunity for me to develop as a nurse leader, a nurse manager. And uh, and also we traveled together and uh, that time she was the first, she, you, she showed you a lot of pictures, nursing leadership development uh, meetings. She had the four, five years, she had every year, we had a, every year at least twice, uh, in the year we had nursing development meetings and all the ward in charges we had separately meeting and all the principals of schooling we had separate meetings and also nursing superintendents along with the nursing principals. We had, we collaborated nursing schools and uh, services together and we worked together for the betterment of the patient care and the betterment of the relationship to be maintained in the schools and as well as in the services. And also I got great opportunity uh, for me to develop, uh, she personally helped me uh, to go to my master's degree and CMC Vellore and she paid all my fees and everything and also for my husband. After marriage, my husband also got opportunity to study MBA, she also helped. And uh, I am very proud to uh, stand before all of you to say that uh, I am having very good colleague. She is like my sister, she helps me and she does lot of things. Even now also we can communicate with uh, uh, emails, lot of things, how it works. And recently, every year she comes to the our institution and she definitely will have one nursing leadership meeting there. And uh, it is not only my hospital, it is 21 hospital, the people come together and we will plan ahead so that all will come together 
and we will have very nice meetings together and we will actually developing professional way how to deal with the patients the variety of the patient the sick patients we have been in major hospital 200 bedded hospital with a different variety medical surgical gynecological pediatrics community health and we have a lot of and very less doctor you heard that 6000 deliveries we had last year only with one gynecologist but our nurses are so empowered to conduct the deliveries run the antenatal clinics run the postnatal clinics immunization clinics they are very good and uh, i encourage my nurses my students to become a leaders in future leaders of india to take care of the health which is really really we are uh, we need lot of nurses to take care of the uh, health needs of the india because lot of most of the best of the best nurses going ireland usa and uk and different places and even arab countries people are moving to get the money and uh, my hospital my institution it's starting only 350 dollars per month for nurse and it is very very less and we do take care of the very poor and marginalized marginalized patients there and anyone come to the hospital they don't have money we are not the people turning them away we do take care of and uh, i actually from south india and i settled there in, in north india since 20 years i have been missionary there god is clearly gave the guidance and i have to be there and so for the bihar people the state of bihar i am thank you so much and uh, i now my i am proudly say that i am a nurse and uh, i am a nurse educator for my students and also i am taking as a nurse manager for the rest of my nurses in the clinical services and my daughter doing second year bsc nursing bsn nursing in cmc veller and my son is in 12th grade he will be going next year for engineering and my husband is administrative department in same hospital where i am working thank you so much for listening Well, thank you. She said a little more than what I expected her to say. <laughs> I did not pay her to say all that. <laughs> um, thank you much, Leth. As you can see, she's a dear friend. So um, I would be, we have a few minutes left, so I would be happy to um, entertain any questions that you might have for myself or for Manjula. If anybody, I'll give them permission if I be hit you. Oh, Do you want, we could um, actually one one of the things we can um, put that website for um, EHA, the organization that uh, we both work with, and also I can give you my email. That if you have any questions in the future, especially if you have some interest in India, or even if you're looking at another country to look at um, nursing leadership and professional development. Um, in that country, I do consultancy work a lot. Um, I have with Afghanistan and Pakistan and um, some other countries. So um, just with my experience in India, so I would be happy to do that as well. And Majula's writing that her email down here. So feel free to um, ask us any questions. Yes. Hi, um, I'm from Cincinnati Children's, not too far from here. And um, I knew about um, three or four of us that were coming here, but since we've gotten here, there are like four physicians and eight nurses from our hospital, which I'm really ecstatic about. That's awesome. Um, we have a number of nursing schools connected with us because we're the only pediatric center in the region uh -huh. as far as pediatric training for nurses. But um, we were just kind of um, chit-chatting today about what we could do when we go home as a group. Our, we actually have a... Um, 
our diversity department had these subgroups for Hispanics and um, all kinds of things. And so we're kind of figuring we might be able to make a group and kind of stay in contact. And I don't know really where I'm going with this. I'm just kind of throwing it out on how we can develop. We already have um, our uh, professional development area has already established some teaching relationships, not with nursing schools, but um, with physicians in Saudi Arabia and some other places. Mm -hmm. But um, we're really interested in kind of trying to bring more of our faith into the workplace. So Absolutely. Any suggestions you can have on tangents to pursue or whatever? Well, I think that um, actually this whole thing that we did um, initiating this Cultural Diversity Day in healthcare. Um, I actually was uh, recently um, selected for our di Diversity Advocacy Council, and so I said, oh, well, I've got an idea. <laughs> Why don't we do it like this? And actually, a lot of, uh, I know a lot of other nurses, like we're now going to do this on a quarterly basis. We did the first uh, presentation, and Mungela was very open about um, her faith and as she presented and and I talked about you know it being a Christian mission I went as a missionary nurse and then we plan to feature we have a nurse that has is originally from Nigeria and she has gone and opened a clinic in there and taken a nurse from our hospital and wants to take more people so I'm featuring featuring her another time so we're going to do this on a quarterly basis so I would say that I think this is a totally awesome way to bring it in because Nobody said anything about, oh, you're too religious, like on the evaluations, because I, I was just kind of cringing. I was wondering what would happen, and they just all loved it. They thought it was great, and so I would say if you have any diversity or intercultural affairs, council, anything like that, go to them and say, is there something that we could do to feature people who have done short-term medical trips, volunteer trips, and include everyone that, of course, you know, it's not just medical missions. Like we have even our burn unit goes to El Salvador, and it's a multidisciplinary and we're really excited. We're going to feature them one time. So raising the awareness of people doing and you'll get people who have done medical missions and they'll get to bring their faith in. So I, I would say start there because that's what we just did. And I'll let you know maybe next year how it's going. <laughs> so, Yes. Robin, I facilitate a group here in Louisville for anyone that's local. It's the Nurses Christian Fellowship Louisville Group. And that's, uh, Grace Taslar is going to be, I think, here doing a dinner group for that. Yes. So I'll be happy to give information about that. Okay, thank and you. I would also like to pray for you, Evangela, before you leave. Oh, okay. And before you just go. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We actually have, um, both of us are, um, I'm a member of Nurses Christian Fellowship, but also um, in India, we're both members of Evangelical Nurses Fellowship of India, which is the NCF of India, you could say. So that's great, great resource. So, Anybody else? We want to keep you wet. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for coming. I'm just going to write my email as well on here, so feel free to contact me.